Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls. We're back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I can't say it enough on the podcast. Jesus is coming back and he is looking for his bride to be without blemish, without spot, stain, or wrinkle. People, we must get in line with the word of God, because the word of God has the final say over everything. Listen, we can't, we can't no longer put our trust in man about anything. If you look around the state of the world today, everybody is lying. Everybody is lying to keep a hold of their own agenda. Whether it be the Luciferian, Satanist, Illuminati, come and take this vaccination agenda, or the homosexual agenda that says, oh, you can't judge me. God is love. And so he just wants me to love who I love. Absolutely not. You can't believe the apostate coming up with destructive heresies and clever lies. I'm going to be nice, Lord, pastor, with his many false doctrines, especially tithing for the New Testament believer, as well as that damnable once saved, always saved. That is lulling people back onto the broad path, going straight back to hell. Listen, everybody is coming up with lies to serve their own pockets. And that's the bottom line at the end of the day. So I just want to throw out this statement. You don't have to die in your sins. And you don't have to believe everything that comes out of a person's mouth. That is why God tells us to try every spirit. 
right, Holy Spirit? The only person, listen, the only person that you can trust with absolute certainty is Holy God. His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. That's it. One God. We put our full and complete trust in everything he has to say. Because if you live long enough on this earth, you will see the great deception at work. Now, if you don't think that there is a great deception, then it worked. It worked because you believe that this world, that this government, that my pastor, who I love so much, will never lie to me. They would never tell me anything that would harm me because they truly care about me. My case in point. You have bought into the lie that this world cares about you, and they don't. Listen, this world, and when I say world, I'm talking about that Babylonian, Luciferian, gotta run after Satan and all of his pleasures and delicacies, that world. That world who has turned their backs on the Lord Jesus Christ's plan of salvation and redemption and told him, thanks, but no thanks, we got this, that world. That world that is on their way to hell in a handbasket. So I just want to bring up some things today. Just some do I say random thoughts, but they not really random? Because if you are studying your Bible, if you say that you are a born again, blood-bought, New Testament, born again believer in Christ Jesus, yeah, we should be reading our Bibles daily, daily. Whether it be a scripture, whether whether it be a quote that Jesus said and you're just pondering it over in your mind and you're meditating on some things that you have uh, that you have read and just keeping your mind on God constantly, no matter what you are doing, whether you are doing the laundry or grocery shopping or taking your kids to school, your mind should always be on Christ in some form. You want to know why? This world is disgusting. It really is. It's sad to say, but it is It is disgusting. And the reason why it's so disgusting, because God told us, he told us that in the last days, which we are in, that it will be perilous times. People will be lovers of themselves. They will be profane and godless. They will be just so bodacious in their worship to Satan that they will make good 
and twist it to make it seem like it's something evil. While evil, okay, what the Bible calls evil, they would twist that to make that to be something good and great. And we should all join in on it. And if we don't, then there's something wrong with us as if we're the problem by saying, no, that's a sin. And if you don't stop it, you go into hell and you need to repent. But oh, no, no. When we come with that message, now it is called a hate speech. What? So, before I go on, let us pray, because we need prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we want you and we love you. Father, we repent of our sins. We turn away from this wicked world. We don't want any more parts of it. Father, we lay down our lives and we'll pick up our cross and follow Jesus. Lord God, help us. Help us today to remain strong, to keep the faith, and keep on fighting for what is right. What you said is right, it is right. And what you said is wrong, is wrong. Just like you said it. Not what man and their courts say. If it's a sin, then that's what it is. And we go with what you say. No matter what the culture say, no matter what the 21st century gots to say, we believe what you say and we hang on that. In Jesus' name I pray. And Father, I pray that today's lesson and exhortation bring you glory. May the Holy Spirit open my mind. Let me see the deep things of God. Give me fresh insight and revelation because I love your word and all I want to do is to walk in it and please you. I no longer want to live for myself. I want to live for you. I want to see you when you call me out of this body suit and father thank you so much for sending Jesus. Jesus died for my sins so that the relationship that was broken back in the Garden of Eden can now be restored. And I am so grateful. I am so grateful that you chose me from the foundation of the world to serve you. Yes, I was a sinner steep in my sin. I didn't know. I didn't know the price that Christ paid so that I can be saved. But I got the memo now, Lord, and I pray that every day that I am alive, that I do it to serve you and only you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so there we go. So yeah, like I was saying, guess what? You don't have to die in your sins. Oh, absolutely not. Now, hold on. Let me... Let me pull up 
a posting that I did yesterday over there on Facebook, aka the Lion's Den. And I was letting the people know exactly just that. Listen, you do not have to die in your sins. You do not. And just like God made Ezekiel the prophet a watchman, that when when the Father sends out a warning to the people, we got to let the people know that if you are in sin, you need to stop, turn, come out of that, and turn back to God. And that's the message. We need to repent and believe that Christ Jesus died for your sins. He laid down his life as a sacrifice that would appease God's wrath towards mankind. So this is what I said. And then I want us to take a look at Ezekiel 33. Okay. So I went on to say that people who think coming to Christ will cramp their lives as if their lives are so great in this sinful fallen, satanic, Babylonian, Luciferian world, quote unquote, that they can't even think about giving it up. And that's the problem. People think that coming to Christ will stop your life as if you're having the big fun. But if you really look at the big fun you think you are having, you are going crazy. Secretly behind closed doors, you are depressed. You are manic. You are in a panic. You can't sleep. You can't eat. You don't know if you coming or going from one day to the next. You're having all of these physical pains, your stomach hurt, your back hurt, your feet hurt, your head hurt, all of this, all the while you thinking you having big fun. But you see, what you don't realize is that you are opening up portals in your life for Satan to come in because the Bible tells us that Satan is like a roaring lion looking. He's scouring the earth to see who he can devour. And we just let him come on in through the music we listen to, to the TV shows we watch, to the people of the devil we hang around with and sleep with, to the drugs we take, to all the alcohol we drink. And then we wonder why we manifest into this evil, hateful, sinful, bitter person who is not happy with anything. Yeah, we may have some pockets of momentarily uh, fun, yeah, we may hook up with someone that we've been lusting after, but then after that, then what? You're not fulfilled. You're not satisfied. You're on your way to hell. 
So what fun do you think you're having? So yeah, you don't have to die that way because you have no earthly idea what giving up means. Okay. Because you think that you are, that you are giving up so much when you come to Christ, but what are you really giving up? Because like I said, you have no idea about what giving it up means. Now, Jesus, on the other hand, oh, he knows all about giving it up. Praise God, for he gave up his life for us. Jesus gave up his life as a willing sacrifice to God to appease his anger and wrath towards mankind. Like I said, Jesus' atoning death appeased God's need for payment of sin. Because the book of Romans tells us that the wages of sin is death. You want to play in your sin? Okay, well then there's a price for that. There's a price called physical death. If you don't watch it, okay, you could physically die behind your sin. But more alarming is the spiritual death, which is eternal separation from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ as you will be tormented in the flames of hell. As you await your final judgment, because if you thought hell was horrendous and horrific, which it is, the lake of fire, oh, (laughs) you're going to think hell was a paradise compared to the lake of fire. Amen. And so look, that is why somebody, okay, talking about the price that one has to pay for sin because that price is death, okay? Somebody got to pay the price. Somebody got to come up with a way of, if you will, calming God's anger down. Listen, God is perfectly correct, right, and justified about his wrath on mankind. Because you see, we think God is playing. God created every last single one of us to, in love, worship him and obey him. He is the creator, people. He is just not, you know, your boss or your supervisor down at the job where in your rebellion, you could not do the work or you can just slack off and still get a paycheck. We talking about eternal, holy, living God that you think you have a say about your life. Listen, he has total control over your life. If it be his will that the next second to shut your whole heart down, he can do it. 
What makes you think that you have a right to tell him about what you going to do with your life that he created for you to have and have the absolute ability to shut your life down at any given point in time? Who are you? <laughs> Little human person who do you think you are and that's the pride and the arrogance that we got from somewhere that we can tell holy god what to do and to stay out of your life because if you tell him that enough he will do just that okay and that's called eternal separation so at the end of the day miss missy Brother man, you want to get what you want. You don't want God? Okay. Okay, eventually the the door to the ark will be closed and his gracious hand of salvation will be withdrawn. Trust me, you do not want that. But for the fact that we live on this earth, The Holy Spirit is here. God's grace is here. Yeah, there's sin going on. And yeah, there's terrible things that are happening to babies, to innocent people. But for the fact that God's hand is still on this earth. Listen, compared to hell. Oh, this is paradise. This is paradise. Why? Because God is affording us, right, Holy Spirit? He is affording us in his patience, in his long suffering for us to repent. He is giving us time to repent and to turn to him. That is why you are still living Oh, you think because you exercise every day and you take your vitamin supplements and that you eat right and you get your eight hours of sleep and you drink the mandatory recommended eight glasses of water a a day, that that's why you still alive? That because you go to the gym three times a week and you take your vitamin shakes That's why you think that you are still alive. Then you are deceived. You are alive solely because God, okay? God is giving you the chance to repent for you to wake up out of your slumber. Get the memo that Christ Jesus died for your sins so that you can repent and have your sins forgiven so that you don't go to hell. But no, you think that you are alive because of what you are doing with your body. Okay. Yeah, we need to wake up. Listen, somebody had to be perfect and sinless and without blame to pay that price for sin. Somebody, okay, somebody had to be so perfect and did not even have a smidgen of a hint of sin on them to even think about stepping to a holy God trying to get him to calm down. Only one person, capital P, one person 
in this whole entire world that could have been able to accomplish such a feat. And that was the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, you do not have to die in your sins. Amen. Only the blood of Jesus could have been satisfactorily enough to call God's anger off of us. Only Jesus could have been satisfactory enough. Think about that. To call off the anger and the wrath of God off of us. And that is what he did. Listen, Jesus laid down his life as a perfect sacrifice to God so that we can be reconciled back to the Father through through him. And that is what the atonement was all about. So can't you so can't you now see how precious and needful Jesus is in our life? If we want to get to heaven, we need Jesus because Jesus told us that the only way to the Father is through him. I don't care what the Mormons say, what the Jehovah Witnesses got to say, what the Hindus and the Buddhists and the Catholics and all of those other false God religions, what they got to say about how you get to heaven and whatever you do, do not listen to the new agers like Joe Osteen, like Tyler Perry, like Oprah Winfrey, like all of them prosperity, word of faith, new ages, gospel preachers. Do not listen to them. Absolutely not. It is only through Christ Jesus is how we get to the Father in heaven. Amen. Amen. Because listen, 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 listen. Jesus only Jesus, okay, thank you, Holy Spirit, only Jesus can make that claim that through him and only him is how we get to the Father. Only Jesus can make that claim. Why? Why can Jesus be the only one who can make that claim? You want to know why? Right, Holy Spirit, because he was the only one who laid down his life for you. Jesus allowed himself to be murdered so that his precious blood can be spilled and sprinkled on the mercy seat of God in heaven, making atonement for our sins so that we can be reconciled back to the Father. Did the founder of the Mormons do that for you? Did any of them satanic Luciferian popes did that for you? Did the founder of the Scientology, New Age, Jehovah Witness, any of them millions of false Hindu gods, did any of them lay down their life for you? And not only did they die for you, but did they resurrect and still live? Hold on, hold on. Did any of them 
laid down their physical life for you only to have their bodies resurrected after three days and are still alive today, March 1st, 2021? Absolutely not. None of them did. Only Christ Jesus, who is still alive after having been murdered, killed, buried, And after three days, he rose out of the grave and is still alive. Did anybody on this earth, past, present, or future, okay, could have done that and will have done that? Absolutely not. Did Allah do it for the Muslims? Did Muhammad do it for the Muslims? Absolutely not. They all died in their sins. Every last single one of them died in their sins. None of them came back to life. None of them are alive right now to reassure you that you got this in the bag and that you will be in paradise with me today. None of them. Absolutely not. So listen, you must repent of your sins. Stop sinning. Believe that Christ Jesus was the propitiation for your sins. That means that Jesus was the sacrifice needed to appease God's anger towards you and I as sinful people. And once we acknowledge that we are a sinner and that we need Jesus, God says, welcome to the family, because we believe his son Jesus died for our sins. And henceforth, we walk in obedience to God's command found in his word to live holy lives. And what he personally tells us to do in our walk with Christ Based on the atonement, the repair, the laying down of his body as a sacrifice, we don't get to have the option to justify our sins anymore. Absolutely not talking about how it is impossible to stop sinning. Well, then you make it possible. You make it possible to stop sinning. And that's the bottom line because Jesus paid a huge price with his life for you. Woe to us if we ever forget that. And that is what is going to bring us over here to Ezekiel 33. Because once we get the memo of all of that, what God has laid out in his word and that how he, how he reached out to us with the olive branch by sending Jesus to die for the sins of the world and making it right. God made it right with us. There was nothing, absolutely nothing that we could have done to repair the relationship that we broke We broke the fellowship with God. We was the one that turned our backs on him and disobeyed him. God did nothing wrong. God is perfect, 
holy and just and his wrath is completely justified on those who say no to what he did for us by sending Jesus as a perfect lamb to be slain. That perfect sacrifice. God did everything. He created the world for us. He created us to love him and to obey him in perfect fellowship. This is not a dictatorship. This is not um, a relationship where uh, we don't that we don't have a say like as if we're just robots and we don't have feelings and that we don't have a free agency within us. No, because you see, God created angels, right? Holy Spirit, thank you. He created the angels to be in total submission to him. He created mankind in his image. We have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a physical body. Two, worship God to love him and to serve him and to work for him in this fallen world to work in in his harvest to serve the purpose of reaching out to the world and preaching the gospel the gospel that Jesus Christ died for our sins and that he was buried, and after three days, he rose out of the grave so that we can help him in the recovery mission of the lost. Listen, once we once we repent of our sins, we want to help God. We want to help spread the message that you need to repent and that you need to believe. And so this is the mission for every born again believer in Christ to reach out, to reach back out into that fallen, sick, sin filled world to let the people know that you don't have to die in your sins. Glory be to God. And that is what I pray that I'm doing with today's exhortation. I can't say it enough. You don't have to die in your sins. So let us come over here real quick to Ezekiel 33. Okay. Because Ezekiel was called by God to be Israel's watchman. So let's read. Let me see. Do I want to read? Yeah. Let's read all of Ezekiel 33 in closing. Okay. Once again, a message came to me from the Lord, and this is Ezekiel the prophet speaking. Verse 2, Son of man, give your people this message. When I bring an army against a country, the people of that land choose one of their own to be a watchman. Verse 3, when the watchman sees the enemy coming, he sounds the alarm to warn the people. Verse 4, then if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, it is their own fault if they die. Okay, just think about that. 
So when God sends out his messengers, his watchmen to sound the alarm, like we doing today, repent, turn from your sins, believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and turn back to God. If those who hear that alarm do nothing about it, well, the Bible was telling us right here. It says that in verse four of Ezekiel 33, then if those who hear the alarm refuse, okay, refuse to take action, it is their own fault. It is, it is their own fault if they die. Verse five. They heard the alarm, but ignored it. So the responsibility is theirs. If they had listened to the warning, okay, the Bible says that if they had listened to the warning, they could have saved their lives. Verse six, but if the watchmen, okay, Okay, if the watchman sees the enemy coming and doesn't sound the alarm to warn the people, he, the Bible says that he is responsible for their captivity. They will die in their sins, but I will hold the watchman responsible for their deaths. Come on now. Listen, those of us who got the call about being a watchman, if we fail, glory be to God, if we fail to warn the people and they die in their sins, God is saying that, well, I'm going to hold you responsible because I told you to give them the warning and you did not. And so because they didn't get the warning, they died in their sins. But guess what? Their blood is on your hands. Okay. Okay, the blood is on your hands. Verse 7, now, son of man, I am making you a watchman for the people of Israel. Therefore, listen to what I say and warn. It says, and warn them for me. Verse 8, if I announce that some wicked people are sure to die and you fail to tell them to change their ways, then you will die in their sins. What? Did you hear what God just said? He said, if I announce, this is verse eight of Ezekiel 33. He says, if I announce that some wicked people are sure to die and you fail to tell them to change their ways, then they will die. Oh, okay. Then they then they will die in their sins and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. Wow. Verse nine. But if you warn them to repent and they don't repent, they will die in their sins, but you will have saved yourself. Amen. Okay. So the watchman's message. Verse 9, uh, what is this? Verse 16. Sun, hold on. Turn on some light because I can't see y'all. Hold on. My lamp. There we go. Verse 10. <laughs> Son of man, give the people of Israel this message. You are saying, Our sins are heavy upon us. 
we are wasting away. Okay. <laughs> because you see, I love God. It's like sometimes he just give it to us straight with no chaser. Okay. He says, son of man, give the people of Israel this message. Okay. Because apparently Israel was saying that how their sins are heavy and that they are wasting away. And they are saying, how can we survive? Okay. Verse 11. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people. Because you see, right, Holy Spirit, God is letting them know, okay, look, listen, you telling me that your sins are heavy and that you are wasting away and that how can you survive? So basically they saying that we are dying in our sins. Okay. And God is letting them know, listen, as surely as I live, I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people. Look, I only want them to turn from their wicked ways so they can live. Turn, turn from your wickedness, O people of Israel. Why should you die? Exactly. Why should you die? Listen, God heard the people of Israel saying that their sins are are wasting them away, that they are dying, that how can they survive this? And God is telling them, hold up, wait a minute. I don't take any pleasure in the death of wicked people. To the contrary, I want them to repent. Listen, I want them to turn from their wicked ways, stop sinning, turn to me. You don't have to die in your sin. And that is what God is telling us today as well. Listen, verse 12, son of man, give your people this message. Okay. Give them this message. The righteous behavior of righteous people will not save them if they turn to sin, nor will the wicked behavior of the wicked people destroy them if they repent and turn from their sins. Because you see, God is saying this. And as a side note, that is why that damnable false doctrine of one saved, always saved, sends people to hell by the boatloads. Okay? Because God is saying that if you are righteous, okay, if you are righteous and then you turn back to the world and don't repent, well, it's not going to work out for you. But if the wicked person repents and turns from their sins, oh, they will be saved. Amen. Because look, it says the righteous behavior of righteous people. Okay. Because you can say, oh, I'm a Christian all day. Okay. And you can be as righteous as you think you are. But guess what? The Bible says, if they turn to sin, okay, because you can call yourself a Christian all day long, but what you're really doing, the Bible says that if they turn to sin, okay, nor 
Will the wicked behavior of the of the wicked people destroy them if they repent and turn from their sins? Verse 13. God says, when I tell righteous people that they will live, but then they sin. Okay, because you can't tell the once saved, always saved people that if they turn to sin, that, you know, that how they can, that they, that they can't ever, uh, out sin God's grace. You think so? Look, verse 13, when I tell righteous people that they will live. Yes. Right. Because we righteous, we repented of our sins. We got the memo. We stopped sinning. Yes. Our, uh, our eternal security, we got it in the bag, but guess what? We can't go back to sin. And that's the memo that the, that the crowd of the one saved, always save is forgetting. Or maybe they was never taught that part. And that's another problem. Okay. Listen, when I tell righteous people that they will live, but then they sin, expecting their past righteousness to save them. Come on. Why aren't that crowd reading this? Listen, because see, the elderly false pastor says, listen, because you have been saved already, right? Through grace, right? We have been saved by faith through grace. We've been saved and all of that righteousness. Okay. Well then you can never lose that righteousness. You can never lose your salvation, but is that true? Is that true? Because God is saying something completely different here. All listen, all you got to do is crack open the Bible to Ezekiel chapter 33, and it will debunk everything about a once saved, always saved doctrine. Look, it's in black and white. Let me take it from verse 13 again. When I tell righteous people that they will live, amen, because we've been saved and that's the promise, right? That's the promise over there from John 3, 16, that if we believe that Jesus died for our sins, right? That we will have everlasting life. Okay. Well, this is what God is saying over here in verse 13. When I tell righteous people that they will live, but, but then they sin expecting their past righteousness to save them, then none of their righteous acts will be remembered. Listen, listen, listen to the next sentence. I will destroy them for their sins. So what part of my salvation is totally secured even if I sin and stay in my sin or a backslide from time to time, but I never really got it right. But because my pastor told me that, listen, at the end of the day, you are still saved. Absolutely not. God, God just finished telling us 
I will destroy them for their sins. And he talking about the righteous person, the righteous person that who was actually saved, who got the promise that, yeah, you will live forever. And right, no man will pluck you out of my hands. Absolutely right. But that word, but right, Holy Spirit, thank you. It is a condition. Okay, our salvation is conditional. It's conditional. It is not secured. Listen, God will stick to his end of the bargain. God will always stick to his covenant promise. It is the people. (laughs) Okay, it's the people who break the covenant and then be shocked and amazed when they lift their eyes up in hell. Come on. If you love God, then you will read what he got to say about your life. Because don't let the the fake phony pastor send you to hell with all of his damnable heresies. Look, it just, God just told us, I'm going to read it again. I have to, I have to. And I pray that the repeating of this will somehow Holy Spirit that somehow it can undo and unwind some of those strongholds and indoctrinations and take God at his word. Listen, God is not playing. Listen, whether he says it in the Old Testament or the New Testament, the Bible says that all of scripture All of it is profitable, whether it be the Old Testament. Well, that don't uh, pertain to us because God said that to Ezekiel back in ancient Israel days. So, yeah, that was for them. But for us, oh, well, we can still sin because the pastor assured us that our past present and future sins. Oh, they have been all forgiven. Absolutely not. These people are lying to you. Believe God. Don't listen. Don't take my word for it. You crack open the Bible and study for yourself to show yourself approved to find out what God's will is for your life. Listen, don't, don't put your eternal security in the hands of, let me be nice, of apostate preacher that second Peter chapter two tells us among other things that they are a stain among us and that they commit adultery with their eyes and that their lust for sin is never satisfied and that they follow after the footsteps of Balaam, son of Beor, who all he did was wrong because he was so greedy, okay? These are not the people we need to be following after. Listen, getting back to the scripture over here so we can close this thing out. Verse 14, and suppose... No, let me go back up, back up to verse 13. When I tell righteous people, yep, that they will live, absolutely. But, and here's the condition. But then they sin 
expecting that their past righteousness, aka expecting that they said some sinner's prayer, or yes, in fact, they were they actually repented and they actually got saved. But they think because of that once saved, that they that that is going to carry them for a lifetime. No, not if you're still sinning, it's not. But then they sin, expecting their past righteousness to save them. Then none, okay? God is saying that if you go back into sin, then it don't matter what you did of righteousness in the past. It says, then none of their righteous acts will be remembered. He's going to be like, excuse me, your what? Your righteous what? No, I don't, I don't, I don't recall because I'm looking at you still sleeping around. Yeah. He says, I will destroy them for their sins. Verse 14. And suppose I tell some wicked people that they will surely die. But then glory be to God. Look at this. Our sinful on our way to hell state. Well, guess what? That's conditional too. That's not set in stone. Just like the salvation security is not set in stone for the righteous. If they turn to sin, well, then likewise, if the sinner repents, yeah, well, then guess what? They will live. Come on now. Listen, right. Holy Spirit. God is not a respecter of persons. Listen, it says verse 14. And suppose I tell some wicked people that they will surely die, right? Because Jesus says that repent or perish. Otherwise, likewise, you shall die, right? Look, but then they turn from their sins. Glory be to God. They turn from their sins and do what is just and right. Amen. That person will live. Yes. Verse 15. For instance, they might give back a debtor's security, return what they have stolen, and obey my life-giving laws, no longer doing what is evil. If, condition, condition, if, they do no longer what is evil. Then guess what? When you repent of your sins and you no longer do evil, God says that you will live. If you are saved and you do the right things, but then, but if condition, if you turn back to sin, God says that he will destroy you and your past righteous acts will no longer be remembered. Yeah. If they do this, okay, talking about the one who, for instance, verse 15, they might give back a debtor's security, return what they have stolen, and obey my life-giving laws, comma, no longer doing what is evil. If, if they do this, 
comma, then they will surely live and not die. Amen. Glory be to God. Verse 16. Guess what? None of their past sins. I can't say it enough. So why did the fake phony pastor tell me that my past, present, and future sins have been forgiven when God only mentions about the past sins? He said none of their past sins. He didn't say nothing about, well, your present sins and your future sins. No. You want to know why? He doesn't say that because it's not true. Our future sins are not forgiven. We haven't lived into the future. How we know that we are going to sin? No, God says that your past sins, when you come to Christ at that point, all the sins leading up to that day that you come to Christ, all those sins has been forgiven. Now, the condition is, like Jesus said, to go and sin no more. Yes, you have been forgiven. And yes, in love, he's telling us to go and sin no more. That's what we do henceforth. We don't, we don't get our sins forgiven. And then about a month later, because we feel comfortable with the false doctrine that, ah, don't worry about it. You can never out God's grace. And you know, we always got 1 John 1, 9 to tuck away in the back pocket as a license to sin. God says, no, he says that I will destroy them. Amen. So look, verse 16, none of their past sins will be brought up again for they have done what is just and right and they will surely live. Amen. Verse 17. Your people are saying, okay, because this is the Lord speaking to Ezekiel, right? He's saying, your people are saying the Lord isn't doing what's right, but it is they who are not doing what's right. What? Israel? Are you serious? <laughs> God is saying that Israel is saying about him that he's not doing what's right. But God is like, no, it is they who are not doing what's right. Verse 18, for again, I say, okay, okay, because he's, you know how the saying is, you know, I sound like a broken record. Okay. God is about to repeat himself again because of, apparently people wasn't getting the memo even back then. Look, in closing with verse 18 to 20, he says, for again, I say, <laughs> I could imagine, I could imagine this because think about it. When you are constantly telling someone the same thing over and over and over and over again, and they come to you with the same thing and you say, do I need to repeat myself? Let me say it again. Okay. Cause obviously what part of what I'm saying you are not getting. Okay. And so God is saying in verse 18, for again, I say, 
When righteous people turn away from their righteous behavior and turn to evil, they will die. What part of the once saved, always saved doctrine is false that you are not getting? Glory be to God. I love you for your word. Listen, we are not crazy. Okay. We are not crazy when we try to tell the people over there on Facebook, because I saw it again this morning and I had to bring the righteous heat in love to a brother who was saying, who was responding to a post about the one saved, always saved being a false doctrine. And he just went off talking about, oh, you in error. You obviously is not reading the Bible. Yada, 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 da, 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 da. And he was completely in the wrong. Okay. Okay. I, I wish I had seen this. scripture over here as a reminder to let him know, but the Holy Spirit gave me to give him a bunch of scriptures to let him know just this, that we don't got this in the bag. If we turn back to sin, come on now. So I had to let him know that, no, you're the one, you're the one who is in error. I mean, listen, These people are so bold and brash about their sin and about their false information. You would think that you are crazy when you try to correct them. So come on, let me, let me go on and end this real quick. Listen, verse 18, for again, I say, when righteous people turn away from their righteous behavior and turn to evil, they will die. Verse 19, but... If wicked people turn from their wickedness and do what is just and right, they will live. Verse 20. Oh, people of Israel, you are saying, okay, you are saying the Lord, okay, the Lord isn't doing what's right, but I judge each of you according to your deeds. Amen. Listen, God ain't playing. And listen, God ain't crazy, crippled, or stupid, as we say in the streets, okay? No, he said what he said, and he means what he say. If you are righteous, if you are saved, if you say that you are a born-again believer in Christ Jesus, and if you step away from that and go back into sin, your salvation is not secured. You forfeited it. You you dropped the ball. You can't come to God and be like, well, it ain't fair. Why? Why? I got to go to hell. I said, Lord, Lord, and Jesus is going to be like, oh, you did? Huh? Well, guess what? Nope. I don't know you. All your past righteous acts. Nope. I don't remember. And God is saying, I say it again. Those who do right and then go back into sin, I will destroy them. And no, you will not live. You will have your place in the lake of fire too. But if the wicked person repents and turn from their sins and do what is right 
and do what my holy laws command for everyone to live a righteous and holy life and henceforth obey me, turn from their sins, make amends to the people that they have wronged and make um, retributions. Okay, yeah, but guess what? That person will live. Amen. Amen. So like I said, and like the Lord, uh, like the Lord God says, you don't have to die in your sins. You will only die in your sins if you want to. Amen. Amen. Study Ezekiel chapter 33 and throw it in the face of the wolf in sheep clothing and the uneducated, boastful, prideful, on their way back to hell, lukewarm Christian, and tell them to have several seats in Ezekiel 33. Amen. Amen. All right, people. Repent. Stop sinning. Stay with the Lord Jesus Christ who died for your sins and turn back to God and henceforth walk in his holy commandments. Amen. Amen. Lord willing, until next time, I speak to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.